Welcome to the Green Zone Podcast, the show that teaches oil and gas executives how to take command of their finances and live in the green. Your host, Jeff Green, from Green Financial Group, will be your financial guide, all while giving you a tour of the most beloved and best-kept secret spots around Houston, Texas. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group. I'm Patrice Sikora. In this episode, Jeff and Lauren talk food with David Skinner. David is the owner of the restaurant known as Eculent. At Eculent, technology and art are used to complement and, dare I say, enhance the food experience. David learned the basics from his grandmother and opened his first restaurant in the back of her gourmet cooking store. He went to Oklahoma State University, but he majored in finance and economics, although he did open another restaurant while still in school. Then after graduation, he went into commodity trading, began a career at Conoco. He's also an author and adjunct professor at Rice University. But Jeff, why don't you tell us more about David and why you tapped him as a guest? What was those Dos Eki beer commercials? The most, most interesting? interesting man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> David Skinner's that guy. I couldn't agree more. He is the most interesting man. Nicest guy, too. I'll tell you how I came about finding David Skinner and Eculent, his restaurant. Lauren is a foodie. Me, I can eat, you know, chili cheese dogs all day, but Lauren's a foodie. She and she really loves her food. So she comes, so she comes to me and says, Hey, I booked this reservation months in advance. Will you come down to Kima with me and have dinner at a restaurant called Eculent? And I said, Of course, I'll go down there with you. And, and I go down there, and this is not an exaggeration. This is not flattery to anyone. I had the most amazing unique dining experience of my entire life. It was truly amazing. And David is the most gracious of hosts. I had a great time. I mean, most phenomenal. Every course was better than the last. And each one, it kept you on your toes. You didn't know what you were going to get. He was engaging every sense, the sight, smell, all of it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So David, we had a great time, obviously. <laughs> so I yeah. uh, asked you to be a guest. Tell us a little bit about Eculent, how that came about and how you do the unbelievable things that you do with food. So the name of the restaurant comes from the Latin word esculent, which is to be eaten. I thought it was a very fitting name and term for, for what we do at the restaurant because you're, you're eating, but you're, you're also engaging kind of all your senses. And when I went to see about getting the name esculent, of course, it was already taken and so I kind of started playing around with different uh, derivations of it and ended up taking the S out and ended up with eculent and actually liked it better than the original term. So that's, uh, that's kind of how the, the name came about. The concept for the restaurant I came up with, gosh, about a decade ago, I guess I would say. I was on a trip to, to China from Houston and ended up with a really bad meal at the airport that stayed with me on the whole flight. Won't go into more detail about that, but <laughs> basically food was kind of on my mind and restaurants were on my mind and, you know, and a bit, a bit of angry, why, why can't people just make good food? And I don't, I don't tend to sleep on planes and you can only watch so many you know, movies and things like that. So I always have a notepad with me and just basically do thought experiments. I find it kind of relaxes me and gives me something to, to actually do while I'm on the plane for 20 hours. Since uh, 
food was on my mind and the and the restaurant experience and all that i'm just kind of like what restaurant has not been done and that was a really hard thought experiment basically the the whole trip over i couldn't really think of a restaurant that hadn't been done you know there are so many fusions of different cuisines and ethnicities and things like that out there i have a have a friend and his wife is ethiopian and they're going to open up an ethiopian taco shop you literally have a laboratory we do connected to the restaurant with spices and mushrooms and all these exotic things from all over the world right. tell us about how you managed to put all these things together and create the amazing creations that you create. Again, it kind of, kind of goes with the genesis of the restaurant. The one thing that every, every restaurant has in common is a static atmosphere. There's only two other restaurants in the world that do anything at all remotely like what we do. One of them is in uh, Shanghai and one of them is in Ibiza, Spain. What people don't, Really and the third, just so to make it clear, third, yours is in, in Kima, Texas. Let's we're just make Kima, that clear. Texas. Yeah, yeah, we're in Kima, Texas. So we're a little shorter commute. But and the other two do something really very kind of sterile. Ten people a night. It's in a very basically a room full of projectors. Anyway, it's it's an interesting experience, but not what we do. But dealing with people's senses beyond just taste is is something that I think's quite interesting and, and important. And uh, yes, I do have a lab where we create lots of things, but I kind of view the whole restaurant as a lab, as an experimental situation where we'll try different things out on people. And so anyway, the, the concept is basically create a dynamic environment instead of a static environment. And by dynamic, what I mean is we change the lighting, both uh, color and intensity. We change the artwork on the walls. We change the music and we change the smell of the restaurant. So everything's choreographed to go with the meal and actually accentuate it. And part of that is 80% of what you actually taste or think you're tasting in food is really smell. It either comes in through your nose as a orthonasal experience, or it's the smell of the food itself as you're chewing it up in your mouth. And that's a retronasal experience. And so the concept I had was, well, what if we could alter all these things? And there's research that's being done in Cambridge and other places on people's perspectives and senses when different colored lighting is presented and things like that. And there's really quite a, quite a whole body of science behind the kinds of things that we're doing beyond just the food. But smell definitely impacts what you're tasting. And the other thing for us that's kind of important with smell is that we do get a lot of people with different allergies. And sometimes we can actually create the exact same flavor profile for them without them actually having to ingest that, that food. We can put a smell in the air, either from it or a derivative of it or something that fills in kind of that flavor profile. A lot of the things that we do from a smell standpoint are you know, more on the subliminal level. 
um, you probably remember a few different smells that that we really want to kind of wake you up, you know, with. But the other smells that are pumped into the room are really low level, so that it's it is more a trigger for your brain more than all of a sudden you just go, oh wow, it smells like a garden in here, something like that. Well, I mean, I even recall there was some little something in the middle of the fork. We we're eating a, a salad that was of the earth. With mushrooms, mushroom. like seven different types of mushrooms. I mean, escargot, yeah. Yeah. phenomenal salad. And the fork even had a... It's a it was a woodsy smell and yeah. it really like made us feel like we were in the woods foraging for our food. Yeah. Just, well, I mean, I mean, so... Well, we were hardly foraging, but it was good. <laughs> but I'm just so in awe of the thought that goes through each, every single course. So Lauren, what was your favorite? How many, David, how many courses is it that we were served that night? Uh, you were 26, 26, 26 courses, ladies and gentlemen, and and it's a bite of course, but it is the best 26 courses you will ever have in your life. I mean, each one's better than the last. Did you have a favorite? I liked the dessert at the end. The dessert. Yeah. You know what? There's two for, I got mentioned to the flower taco, which I don't know. I, I have no idea what it was, but it was flowers. I mean, an, it was a flower arrangement, a flower a, arrangement, like an arrangement of flowers, beautiful, colorful, phenomenal. And then David. I don't know how you did this, but you had pork belly in my cotton candy. And I don't know. It sounds weird, but folks, amazing. It was um, uh, unbelievable. I don't know how you did that. A uh, little magic. <laughs> There's a lot of magic when you go to Eculent. So, yeah, there is. So along with the phenomenal food, you also do wine pairings. And tell me, you make all the wines in-house. Tell us about that. Eculent, I started six years ago, so in 2014, but actually I started the winery back in 2007. That was kind of my first foray into it, and we make about 20 different wines. That's kind of our normal run. We have your your basic pure varietals, so Cabernet, Sauvignon, Pinot Grigio, things like that, that everybody can can find, you know, something they enjoy. And then we do a line of fruit infused wines, which for the summer just go like hotcakes. I basically call them chill them and kill them wines. It's great. Throw it in the, throw it in the freezer for, you know, 30 minutes, get it good and cold, make it into a spritzer or just, or just drink it straight sitting out at your pool. That Um, sounds right up my alley. Yeah. They, uh, they, they sell like, like crazy, but the, but the winery I started, like I said, back in 2007, it was a, it was one of these kind of funny things. So I, I teach at Rice. A decision-making course, correct? Right. Uh, my class is called Decision Strategies. Um, so we teach you how to make good decisions, basically, which is the, the company that I, I founded back in 95. So as you said, I, I started out as a commodities trader, went to work for Conoco for about a dozen years, and then left Conoco in the later part of the 90s started a consulting firm called Decision Strategies uh, here in Houston. We worked with basically all the major, super majors, a lot of national oil companies and some some of the larger independents, helping them with decisions where there was a lot of risk, a lot of uncertainty, big capital outlay. So oil and gas was- Like a lot of what's going on right now. (laughs) Like a lot of what's going on, yeah. So oil and gas was our main focus, but we also did pharmaceuticals, heavy industries, things like that. 
I, I grew it up to one of the largest strategy firms in the world and then sold it to the employees back in 2010 and started an oil field service company, had Michael Dell as an investor and did some interesting things there. And finally, uh, in 2014, decided I was going to leave the company. And that was when I started Eculent because my wife's like, well, what are you, you going to do? 49 and I'd had this idea for the restaurant rumbling around in my head for for a few years and I'm like if I don't do this now I will never do it she's like well you already have a winery now now you want a restaurant what kind of what's next the idea for the winery kind of came from one of my students so I make them all do a, uh, a class project and it has to be a real project. I don't let them just kind of make up, oh, I'm thinking about buying a vacation home or something like that. And I bring in executives from around town, venture capitalists, others, and they have a real interrogation at the end that gives them a, a really good foundation for actually taking the project, presenting it to their own management. Anyway, I had, I had one student that said, I'm really interested in starting a winery. And I said, well, that's interesting because I've been thinking about that for a while too. And I said, oh, I think that's a good, good project. Why don't you go and work on that? <laughs> and so, uh, so he did a that's lot of easy work. business plan for you there. Exactly. He did a lot of the legwork for me and presented it and it, it made sense. And, and he said, well, look, here's the kind of discovery I made when, when looking at this, he said, look, all the money is made in the winery and all the losses happen in the vineyard, which was really kind of eye-opening. And he's like, look, if you, if you own a big vineyard, um, you're at the mercy of weather, labor, and just kind of went on and on. Soil, and on. Said, all kinds of factors. Soil, everything. And he yeah. goes, that business is really kind of fraught with, <laughs> with risk and uncertainty. He said, on the other hand, if you've got a winery, which is basically a production plant, you can put in a lot of controls and a lot of things. And, you know, as long as you've got the right procurement office, you might say, for, for getting in the grapes and the juice and things like that, he's like, that's where the money's made. And I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. So I started thinking, oh, maybe, maybe I should go on and create a winery. And that was probably about, I guess he, he came through my program in like 2005. And so 2006, I was, I was kind of looking around and my, my wife and I, we, we love to go to California and the wine country. And so we were out there on a trip and I was looking at wineries for sale and things like that. And even back then, you know, it was staggering how much they wanted per acre for, for anything. Kind of went home and I kept thinking about, and I'd met a lot of winery owners and vineyard owners and people. And, and um, anyway, came back and just said, hey, maybe we should just put one in here and I'll just source all the grapes from California or wherever. And that's kind of what we've done. The winery is called Clear Creek Vineyard or Clear Creek Winery. And you can look it up either way. And that's what we do. We, we bring in grapes and juice from California. Uh, we do some Texas wines. The, the only issue with Texas grapes right now is they're still kind of young. I brought in grapes from Maley Vineyard, which is where the where the original Seven Deadly Zins was started. 
uh, Todd Maley's Vineyard, made a phenomenal wine, uh, actually one of our highest alcohol wines. So we couldn't we couldn't almost stop the thing from from fermenting. The the nice thing about how we've got it set up is I can I can buy grapes from anywhere and then we make it all on site. So if there's a bad season for grapes in one region, you're going to another region That's what to we buy do. your grapes. So you're not, you're, that, is that correct? That's correct. Yep. Right. So per, a genius. Yeah, and then you just bring those grapes in and then you make the wine that you make. That's right. And, and for the restaurant, the beauty is unlike pretty much any other restaurant, you're trying to figure out, okay, well, what wine can I actually pair with this food with us because we make it. I can make the exact wine to go with the course, which is really quite unusual. You know, I view our wines as basically an extension of the meal. And so when we're coming up with, uh, with a new course, in the, like the one that you had, the, the main course with the steak from 44 Farm. Oh, yeah. I remember that one. Um, it was a great wine. And the, and the wine, uh, I made that wine specifically for that one course. And it's a Cabernet. This is how detailed this man is, ladies and gentlemen. Unreal. Since I have all the different stocks and blending stocks and things like that, I can, I can make the exact wine that I want and we bottle up enough for the restaurant. And, you know, sometimes we'll bottle extra and they can buy it in the winery. And, but a lot of times we'll just make it specifically for the restaurant. Can you buy it online at all? You can. We do have an online presence, so you can you can buy any of our wines online. Tell us where you can buy that online, David. Just go to clearcreekvineyards.com, and there's an online store. Great, um, clearcreekvineyards.com. Huh? I'll be ordering the summer fruit wine. <laughs> yeah, we ship anywhere in Texas, uh, think, California, oh, oh, from Georgia. That same kind of thought process has led me to, we're getting ready to open a distillery. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Hopefully we will be open around August and we're thinking we'll probably do a grand opening in uh, October, mainly because September is always crazy hurricane season. And so rather than plan something. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kima we'll, not good. And Kima not good. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll, we'll push it off until October, but it's something that's been in the works for over a year now. Uh, what, are, what are you, uh, you uh, going to be making there? Our focus is going to be gins and vodka and rum. And the reason for that is we're taking a very unusual approach. There's only a few distillers in the world that make their base. So if you, if you think about gin, it's basically flavored vodka. That's really what it is. It's just a flavored neutral spirit. And most neutral spirits tend to be from grain. So usually wheat. And what we're doing that's different is we're making all of our neutral spirits from wine, which oh, wow. makes perfect sense because we have a winery and we have that process down pat. It does a couple of interesting things for us. One, we've been giving people samples of the vodka and everybody's like, this is the best vodka I've ever had. And I think part of the reason is it has an unusual floral essence to it that's that's very nice. It's not heavy or anything, but it's just, it's really nice. It's really smooth. We, we distilled it four times, but I've had bartenders and others. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me what you think. And they're like, this, this stuff is really good. You know, how'd you make this? And I tell them, it's like, well, we made it from wine, not from, from grain. And um, the other thing that's, uh, that's nice about it is because we are making it from 
grapes and not grain, it is gluten-free. So anybody, ah, right up my alley. Interesting. Yeah, anybody that has a gluten issue, our, all of our gins and vodkas and all that will be perfectly fine. So uh, will you then, incorporate those into the meal? Yes. Yes. That's, that's where we're going next. I've got a, a whole class of cocktails that Ooh. I want to introduce. So they'll be, because the new menu that we're getting ready to roll out in about another month, well, you had 26 courses, it's going to be about 40 courses. Mm-hmm. And a number of those courses are going to be cocktails. We will have uh, non-alcoholic versions for those that, that don't want to drink. But I think we've got another, when's our next reservation? Don't I we think have it's it? in sometime in a month or so. In July. Some, July? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be, be seeing you. We'll be back in July. You'll, 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 yeah. you'll be you'll be seeing me. You'll see uh, you'll see a lot of new things. But anyway, the distillery is going to be called Meticulous Spirits. Uh, as you can probably tell, I'm I'm a bit meticulous in in all things and all details. A little anal at times, but that's okay. So part of the reason that we're focused on that, and not just another bourbon or whatever, is uh, we're making like I said, really, really great high quality vodka. That's the base, but the gins, gin's a big trend right now. And I, well, I like gin myself, but, but there's just so many things that you can do. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff you can do with gin. Flavor yeah. profiles of gin, you know, and uh, now you can see, you know, there's, there's pink gins and there's blue gins and people are coming out with the, you know, Christmas gin and, you know, just, it's, it's kind of going, all over the place. And my thought was, wow, if you think about the things you could do with a spirit that are similar to the things that we would do with flavor profiles in the restaurant, that could be really, really fun and interesting. So we have one gin that will be coming out called Skinner's Meticulously Complicated Gin. It has the most botanicals of any gin on the market. So we have 49 botanicals in it. Most gins have between seven and 11. So that gives you an idea of how crazy we've gone with this. It's one of those that you can just sit down and drink it straight, or you can use it in a cocktail. But that's kind kind of where the thought process is on that. And then the other thing that we'll be doing are a series of rums. Part of the reason for that, again, is our equipment and processing that we already have in place. So sugarcane is very similar to grape when it comes to fermentation and equipment and things like that and, and, and molasses. Going in and trying to do grain-based alcohols is a process and equipment that we just don't don't already have in place. And that's where I wanted to start. In in time, who knows? Maybe never say never. I won't say we'll we'll never do some grain based something. But for the time being, we're going to stick with sugarcane and and grape based alcohols to to start with. But well, I, I can't wait to I check know, I that can't out. wait to that, try that. That's going to be great, David. If you don't mind, I don't know if you've ever had to make a reservation at your own restaurant, uh, but I know Lauren <laughs> has. Laura, how, tell us how how do you get a reservation at at, at Eklund? Because this is, I mean, it's certainly it's easy to make a reservation, but it's not easy to get a seat because this place is packed up quick. I mean, and their reservations are launched once a month at a certain time. I have had a personal experience where I've set my calendar multiple months to alarm and remind me that moment to go online. And by the time I get on, it's already sold out. So what's the secret? 
fast internet. <laughs> Everybody always asks, what's the secret? I'm like, uh, get with Comcast. Yeah, so we, we are very, very blessed in the fact that we have a very willing clientele. We uh, do open reservations for one month on the first of each month uh, before it at 11 a.m. So the next one will be for August, and that will be on July 1st at 11 a.m. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm putting it on my calendar right now. If you want a reservation at 11 AM on July 1st, be Be online. It's that it goes that fast. If this doesn't air until after July 1st, then on August August 1st 1st at 11 AM. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Be online. And and it is worth the trip to Kima. It is worth every, I mean, it's just the, is the most amazing dining experience I've ever had. And do you have a bed and breakfast there also? We do. Uh, actually, we do have a bed and breakfast. It's called Clipper House Inn. So clipperhouseinn.com, you can find it. And it is behind the winery. So the restaurant's in the very front, then the winery and distillery, and then the bed and breakfast behind it. So you can come down for the weekend. Perfect little getaway. Uh, eat, drink, walk the, the little shops, have a great time. And People think of Kima and they think of the boardwalk and chain restaurants and that's all that's there. And it's not really true. There's lots of little shops in Kima. We're two blocks from the water and a couple blocks from from a lot of the shops. We are further away from the boardwalk. So a lot of times people are worried about all the traffic around the boardwalk. We're, oh, yeah, you are in a perfect spot. Yeah, we have a lot, of, a lot of things to offer, a lot of fun. And yes, on the reservations, typically... We see people saying, you know, it took me six months, nine months, whatever to get in. We are more difficult to get into than Noma, which is the number one restaurant in the world. And but I'm going to tell you, it is well worth the effort to get the reservation and to get there. And if you don't get in, that's try right. again next month. That's right. That's it. Well, and we used to do three months at a time and the reservation sold out just as quick as if we were doing one month. So I actually changed it to, to just one month because then at least you've got a shot every month. And now, how, many people, thing, how many people do you see it every night? 12. We do 12, 12 people. people. 12 what people. is it? But it's, is it Thursday, three, Friday, three, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Third, yeah. So three days a week, 12 people, people a, night. a night. Well, the one thing I, I would say is on the reservation, if you're unable to get in which won't be uncommon there is a little button so we use talk t-o-c-k as our reservation app and if you will go to the dates that you're interested in you'll see a little button that says wait list and you can click that button and put yourself on the wait list now we have about four thousand people on the wait list but um, the wait list goes by date so if there's a thursday night that you want you know, there might only be 50 people or 100 people looking for that one. And we used to get a couple of cancellations a month, but since COVID, we're probably getting a couple a week. So what I always tell people is your chance of getting in through the wait list is greatly enhanced at this point, just because we have people and it's like they, they booked it and then just not know, the right time. Not ready. They're just not ready to get out or... We haven't had anybody yet that said, ooh, I'm, I'm, I've tested positive or anything, but I do have, I've had a couple of doctors that are like, ooh, I had a patient, they were positive, and I'm like, yeah, don't, don't come. 
don't come. And we do follow kind of all the CDC guidelines and things like that. So there's social distancing and, and so forth. Safe, I mean, clean, ready to go, COVID free. That's it. All right. I got to thank two people. I want to thank two people. First of all, I think Lauren, I want to thank you for making that reservation and getting me down there for the most amazing dining experience of my entire life. I'm serious. Thank you very much. For You're that. welcome. And David, thank you so much for taking the time to be on here. You're a great guy. I can't wait to uh, come down there again. Hopefully yeah, next, a few short weeks, probably few short weeks. And for all you listening, if uh, you didn't catch all the websites and names that'll be attached here, to uh, this podcast, you'll be able to see the links, click it and try his wines, try the restaurant, the bed and bread. I mean, it's all, um, it's just an amazing experience. And don't forget the first of the month at 11 a.m. Okay. First of the month at 11, every, every month. First Make it a standing month. calendar appointment because <laughs> you, go. you got to do it. And the wait list. Don't forget that. That's right. Don't forget the wait list. To subscribe to The Green Zone with Jeff Green and Lauren Smith of Green Financial Group, use the subscribe button on this page. And you can also share with friends and colleagues using the share button. Thank you for listening to the Green Zone podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Green Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. Green Financial Group is not a registered broker or dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. Jeff Green is the founder of Green Financial Group and is a registered principal of RJFS. The Green Financial Group is located at 6363 Woodway Drive, Suite 625, Houston, Texas, 77057, and can be reached at 713-244-3030. Raymond James is not affiliated with and does not endorse the opinions or services of his guests.